glad that you're here. Let's stand together and lift up the name above all names. I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. Let's sing together. I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the Cheryl leads us. God so loved the world.
Welcome. I'm Brian Carroll, executive pastor here at Cypress Bible Church. My privilege to welcome you here this morning. If you happen to be a, uh, attending for the first time or newer to us, you'll see on the back of the pews there's a little QR code. If you click on that, it'll take you to a form. Uh, you can let us know if there's information that we could serve you in that way or if there's prayer requests or those uh, things of that nature. And so you can go ahead and click that button and, uh, and check in with us and let us know again if there's some way we can serve you. At Cypress Bible Church, we say wherever you're at in your journey, you are welcome here. And so we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, in addition, there are four things that we focus on here. Uh, we gather together for worship. We're here this morning to worship our God, and that we're glad that you're participating with us, whether in person or online. We're thankful that you're part of that this morning. And we encourage you to make that a regular part of your life. Second thing is, is that grow through life-changing truth. We think it's important to be in a smaller community for the sake of encouragement, connection, uh, accountability, and just walking the, uh, the Christian life together. And so we have many opportunities for that as well. And then the third thing is go in life-changing uh, mission. And today, that's what our focus is. We've had missionaries here this week. We've had opportunity uh, to get to know a little bit about the vision for where we're headed as a church. And so this morning, Tony Svensson, our Go Pastor, will be leading us in the service. You should have gotten a little uh, flyer like that that said made to multiply when you came in this morning. If for some reason you missed it, you can pick one up out in the foyer uh, when, we, uh, when you have a break here in a minute. Um, also, uh, out when you came, oh, the fourth thing I should say that as well, that we believe it's important that we serve using our God-given gifts and abilities to serve others. Also, on your way in, you should have gotten a little Abundant Mercy booklet. And if you read the fine print, it's Family Devotions and Activities for Lent. Lent begins on Wednesday. It's hard to believe Easter is just right around the corner. And so those booklets are available. If you didn't get one on the way in, you can pick up one on the way out. One other announcement, uh, CBC 101 uh, is beginning next week. That is a great opportunity if you are newer at Cyprus or you've just not taken that stage, that step to get engaged or involved. It's a great opportunity to do that. 
you'll meet some people, have opportunity to meet some of our leaders and staff members. Uh, you'll connect with some others who are in that group, and then also you'll have opportunities to find out what does it mean to take the next step here at Cypress Bible Church. Whether you've attended for a while but not taken that extra step, you're welcome, or if you're newer, we think it's a great opportunity to get connected in that way. And that meets at 11 o'clock, uh, and it meets in the Java room or the WLC 111, which is just right over in that corner. And so we invite you to do that. If you're interested in potentially attending that, there is a sign up at the uh, Welcome Center in the back. Uh, would you join me in praying together with us? Lord, thank you for the abundance of your grace. Lord, it is a privilege we have to come to worship you. And Lord, we're thankful for that privilege and that opportunity. Uh, Lord, this morning we're also just reminded of the challenges and the difficulties that are happening on the other side of the world. Lord, we pray that you were, your, your abundant grace would be apparent uh, to those, our brothers and sisters who uh, live in the Ukraine and our brothers and sisters who live in Russia. Lord, may they have courage and strength, and Lord, may your grace be apparent to them as they struggle against very difficult times. And so, Lord, Lord our hearts are with them as well. And this morning, Lord, as we look at our responsibility of, to carry that good news to others, Lord, thank you for those who faithfully brought it to us. Lord, help us to be the avenue that others will learn and know about Jesus. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to give us all an opportunity this morning to do something of a spiritual exercise. I think that's something that's appropriate to do when we're in church, right? So um, what I'd like you to do is to just be still and know that God is God. Be still. I'm not asking you to pray. I'm not asking you to do any meditation. Think about the fact that God is here with us and that we can just be still before him. These things that are happening around the world, uh, in our own country, wherever your turmoil is existing, God is is here and he's in charge. He's not going to uh, let anything go that he doesn't want to happen. So as we be still, I'm going to just be silent for a few seconds. So let's be silent. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Let's stand together as Bonnie leads us in this next song.
CBC family. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's continue to worship.
so so good to us and we are so blessed to be able to say that we have lived in the goodness of God the goodness that you have given to us Lord we ask you to help us to be grateful for the goodness that you bring to us and help us to use that gratefulness as a motivation, as a means of spurring us on to love and good deeds, as a means of spurring us on to share the good news of Jesus with this world that so desperately needs him. Father, as we continue in our worship, as Pastor Tony comes to give us a message from your word, we pray that you would power him by your Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear what he has to say and what you have to say through him. Lord, and we pray that we would not be hearers only, but we would be doers of the word. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, CBC. Uh, I am Pastor Tony, the, the Go Pastor. And this week we've had an opportunity, uh, every year we have a, a Go Conference. And leading up to this weekend, we, we have a time to interact with our missionaries around the globe. Uh, we've had opportunity to, to pray for our missionaries. Uh, and just to hear the stories uh, of all that God is doing uh, through our support and partnership with these missionaries is, is amazing. Uh, I wish you could all hear these stories. Um, you, you would be amazed. God is, God is a good God. He's a God that is on mission, uh, and he is advancing his kingdom, and, and we get to be a part of that. And so yesterday we had a, a conference, and we got to cast some vision about what God is doing. Uh, and morning we're gonna, this morning we're going to continue that. And I hope that you get a, a glimpse of, of how we as a church can join God in his mission. Uh, we have that phrase, go in life-changing mission. Uh, the go ministry for us is an invitation to join God on mission. Uh, but statistically, when we look at what's happening in the Western church, fewer and fewer people are participating in the mission of God. Uh, and we think there are some reasons for that. 
Sometimes we, we might be fearful, you know, this, this prospect of sharing the gospel, the good news with people. Some people might say, oh, I'm not, I'm not an evangelist. Um, we want to equip you for the work of evangelism. You don't have to be an evangelist. We've all been commissioned to share the good news. Uh, the commission is to go and make disciples. How many of us are, are doing that? Paul tells us that, that sometimes we, we take in milk, but we, we neglect solid food, meat, right? And, and we, want to, we want to become beyond, grow beyond this, this milk stage. We, wanna, we want us to all to mature and grow into the fullness of Christ. And part of that is, is being involved in this opportunity that God has given us to, to partner with him in mission. Um, how many of us can gather people together? This is, this is the call, God's kingdom call to his people. And so the, the theme for the conference this week has been made to multiply. And made to multiply isn't an individual call to you. It's a, it's a call to us as God's people, um, as his church. Because what, sometimes we, we misunderstand missions and we think of uh, what is your role and what is your role and what is your role and, and what can I do. And, and really the, the call is, is what can we do as God's people together? We, we are made to multiply. This is, this is our identity in Christ Jesus. And so to do that this morning, we're going to look at a passage um, in Acts 13, 1 through 3. I'm going to go ahead and read that now. Now in the church of, at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Bar- Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, a close fan, a friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Let's pray. Father, we we come into your presence this morning, and we're just in awe of you. Uh, We thank you that that you are a God of mission. We thank you that you love the nations. And as we we know and we understand and we read in your word that one day every tribe, tongue, and nation will stand before you to worship you. Um, Lord, we don't see that yet. So I pray that we would hear your calling, your calling to the nations, your calling to our family, your calling in our neighborhood, your calling in this city, your calling in this state, your calling to the ends of the earth, Lord, that we might be proclaimers of the good news, your ambassadors. I pray that we would represent you well, that we would plead on your behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see our identity, that we were made to multiply for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of the glory of your son who you sent to die and who is risen from the grave. And the spirit who now indwells in us, Lord, we desire for your spirit to lead. Would you do that this morning? Would you open our eyes to your truths and to our identity in you? We pray and ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So I, I have to confess, I can remember being a, a young Christian and, and reading the book of Acts, and it, it was always just kind of dry to me. Uh, and it was kind of like reading a history book. Uh, now, if you're a history buff, you know, you get into history and you're like all excited about stuff. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of excitement in history is when you begin to, to connect all the stories together and, and you begin to understand the bigger picture. That's when history gets fun. Uh, but when you're just reading through a history book, it's like, oh, right? And that's, that's the way the book of Acts for me was. And, you know, you could read a passage like this and you just read past it and you're like, oh, that, okay, right? But sometimes you have to stop and pause and you got to look at the side stories. What, what are all the, the different aspects of what's going on in Acts tied into this passage? And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, when we think about, first off, he says, now in the church. And so this is, this is pretty, pretty early on in church history. We're, we're already identifying churches. And, and this is exactly what, what Jesus said he, he would do, right? He said that he would, he would establish his church. He would build his church. Will the gates of Haiti prevail against his church? He says, he says no. He said he would establish it. Um, this, this word for, for church is ekklesia in the Greek. And it's, it's the gathering of God's people together. It, it is really just that simple. When we hear the word church, we think of all kinds of things, maybe buildings or locations or uh, I go to church, a church service. Um, but really churches, we, we know that the church is God's people. And so wherever God's people are gathering, there is the church. And so when we, when we are training church planners globally for the work of church planning, uh, we begin to, to look at the book of Acts as a, as a model for what God has done in history and what he has called us to reproduce, right? We are made to multiply. And so we, we look at the pattern in Acts 2, 36 through 47, and we just say, what did the early church do, right? The first thing Peter does when they ask, what must we do? Repent and believe and be baptized, Right, so the little wave there represents baptism, and, and they're, they're praying together. They're, they're, they have everything in common. They're giving of their resources and of their time, and they're, they're loving one another. They're worshiping God, and they come together, and they have communion, the Lord's Supper, and they're breaking bread, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus. They're dedicating themselves to the, the apostles' teachings. And, and they're being led by these, by these apostles, and they're training and equipping them up. And at the end of that passage, it says daily they're seeing people come to faith. They're seeing the, the salvation of souls, and the church is growing daily. Church really is just that simple. We, we make it really complicated. What if we as a church had a goal that daily we would like to see people come to faith? Daily we would like to see souls saved for an eternity to, to be adopted into the kingdom of God. Would that be too aggressive of a goal for a church this size? And for, for many of us, you might say, well, Tony, you're going to have to get busy, right? Right? Um, 
And I'm telling you, that ain't going to happen. I can't do it. But together we could. we could. We could easily do that. But what would it take? It would take all of us participating a little in our own areas of influence. It, w- it would take all of us stepping out in faith and, and saying, Jesus, I recognize that all authority has been given to you in heaven and on earth. Satan has already been defeated. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He's the victor. And he says, because of that, I want you to go. I want you to go to the nations and disciple them. God has called us, his church, to go. Now the question is, is where do we go? We're going to have a sign up, and y'all are going to get a pick. Do you want to go to Africa? Do you want to go to the Middle East? Do you want to go to Turkey? Do you want to go to... No, that's not, that's not the call. The call is to go. Where has God already placed you? You already have a mission field. The question is, is are you on mission for God? And so if, if you say, well, I, I recognize I have a mission field. I know where I'm supposed to go. Uh, we want to equip you for the work of ministry. We want to equip you with the tools to be able to share a simple gospel presentation. We want to equip you to make disciples, because that's the commission. The commission isn't go and invite them to church. And that's largely been our strategy. And we're hoping that when we get them in here, that, that the preacher says that the right sermon. And it, we hope it, you know, and, and we've all done this, right? You, you invite somebody to church. And you're like, oh, no, that sermon, oh, I was hoping for something more. I was hoping it would be that sermon that just hit them upside the head and opened their eyes to the truth. Um, but because we've put, we've, we've put the responsibility on, on a pastor preaching from the pulpit. Uh, now, we want to proclaim the gospel, but you're commissioned to go and make disciples. What is making a disciple? It's simply inviting somebody to walk with Jesus Christ, teaching them who Jesus is and what it is to trust and abide in him. It, it really is as simple as that. And he says, baptize them. So you are commissioned to go. You are commissioned to make disciples. You are commissioned by Jesus Christ to baptize. I would love it if you came back and said, hey, we, we baptized some people in our, in our backyard pool this last week. I'd be, praise God, that's great. But many of us would probably come and say, hey, can I baptize this person? I don't, I don't, is, that, is that legal? Can I do that? Yeah, Jesus says it is. He says, go make disciples and baptize them and teach them to obey. Teach them how to walk with Jesus. Teach them how to abide and And as Jesus has all authority, he sends us to do that. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the commission. And that's what we we see happening in in the first church. And so we we come to this church at Antioch. Antioch just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Like, where, where, where did this church come from? Uh, anybody know who planted the church of Antioch? Was it the, was he the Apostle Paul? Sort of. Sort of the Apostle Paul. When you, when you think about church planners, who do we think, apart from Jesus Christ, who is the greatest church planner that we read about in Scripture? 
I think some would argue the Apostle Paul. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue something a little bit different this morning. Who's the greatest church planner in Scripture? So Jesus commissioned us after his death, burial, and resurrection, and he says, wait, don't leave Jerusalem until the power of the Spirit comes upon you. Um, in Acts 1.8, it says, but when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He, he doesn't even say this is an option. He says, you will do this. You will be my ambassadors to the ends of the earth. This is what happens when the Spirit comes upon us. And the Spirit does come. And, and they do receive it. But we don't see the gospel advance beyond Jerusalem. Not of their own initiative anyway. Until we get to Acts 4, 1 through 4. It says, uh, Saul, the apostle, soon to be the apostle Paul, agreed with putting him to death. Who's the, who's the him? Yeah, he, ag he agrees to put Steve, Stephen to death. So they stone Stephen. For what reason? Because he was boldly proclaiming God's truth. He was boldly proclaiming the gospel. And so Saul agreed to put him to death on that day. Severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house, dragging off men and women, and he would put them in prison. So those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. They went out preaching the word. So God commissions them to take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Uh, we don't see this happening until persecution comes upon the church and they are, and they are scattered. Let's look at Acts eleven nineteen through 26 and see how this story continues. Now, those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as Phosphorus and, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and so they sent Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a large number of people were added to the Lord. Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met in the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So you can see Antioch has this, this rich tradition 
Um, but again, where, where do they come from? They come from, uh, as, a, as a result of the persecution that came upon Stephen by the Apostle Paul, so Apostle Paul is used by God to scatter the church. He's persecuting the church. As they scatter, they go as far as Antioch. They establish the church. Barnabas is called to Antioch. And then Antioch, or Barnabas, brings Paul to Antioch. So the Apostle Paul was indirectly involved in planting the church in Antioch, but it was because he brought persecution upon the church. So really the, the root of this was caused by, by Stephen. I would argue that maybe Stephen is, is one of the greatest church planters. But he didn't plant any churches. What did he do? He stepped out in faith and he believed and trusted in God. And because of this, all of these circumstances, and when you look at that, you can only say only God could do that. Only God could start a movement by taking the persecutor and making him, <laughs> putting him in Antioch. It, it's, it's amazing what God can do. And so when we say the church of Antioch, there's a whole lot into that. And when you understand it, you go, wow, that, that, is, that is incredible. That is, a, that is amazing. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. And so Paul and Barnabas had done their work. Ephesians 4 says that we, are, we, are, we have been given apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And so Paul and Barnabas didn't come together and say, hey, we got this cool little church. It's going really great. We're, gonna, we're just going to camp out here. And no, they're raising up leaders, and they're passing off authority. And we see prophets and teachers. Now, some of us, we probably get a little intimidated. We see that word prophet, and we go, what do they mean by that, right? Um, and a prophet is just somebody who can verify, thus say the Lord. Right? This is what the word of God says. And so a lot of times, uh, a prophet will be hearing a teaching, and they'll go, oh, 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 nope, nope, that's not quite right. Thus saith the Lord. And they bring correction where there is uh, error or false teaching. Uh, but the teachers are commissioned to teach. And so the prophets are kind of overseeing and making sure that everything is in line with the word of God. And so we don't have to fear the, the word prophet. Um, it, it, is a, it is a gift. And, and when you're gifted with, a, with prophecy, it's usually not a fun gift. Uh, because you're usually the one that have to say, ah, no, that's not quite what the word says. Right? And nobody wants to hear that person. It is like, oh, we would just kind of move on, and here, you know, they're, they're always telling us, thus saith the Lord, um, and, and it can be kind of a drag, but we should listen to when people says, that's not what the word says. If we come numb to that, then we, we're going to have some problems in the church, uh, and we do have some problems in the church, because there's all kinds of teachers saying all kinds of things that are contradictory to the word of God. So we, we do need prophets today. And in the church, they were worshiping, and they were fasting, and the Holy Spirit said. When we think of, of what we are called to as the people of God, worship is, is primary. Um, 
when we read this passage again, I think we need to be careful because a lot of times we say, uh, as they were worshiping and fasting the Lord, as if this was kind of like a one-day occurrence and like, hey, everybody, let's get together and we'll fast and we'll come together. I think this is probably a season in, in which the church is saying, God, what is next for us? I think we are in that season as a church and we're, we're praying, God, what is next for us? And so we come together and we, and we worship, but we can't just, we can't just wait, right? We are, we are eagerly, eagerly called to pursue God's will. And, and so as a church, are we, are we fasting? Are we crying out to God, God, what do you have for us as a church? Are we sitting back and just say, God, whatever you do, I'll, I'll just kind of sit back and wait and see what happens. And maybe I'll like the new preacher. Maybe I won't. I'll make my decision then. And uh, things like this aren't, aren't biblical. That's, that's, not, that's not what we've been called to. We are the, the people of God. We are the family of God. And so we're called to participate actively in what God is doing through his church. We're praying and we're fasting talk to somebody and we're talking about fasting and they're like, oh, I don't really like to give up food that much. That's kind of the point. <laughs> I don't like giving up food either. Trust me. I mean, I like food. But there's there are seasons in which y- you've got to discipline yourself to say, God, there's greater things than me shoving food in my gullet. Right? And, and I step away from that and I pray that God, work through me. Help me to see. Help us to see as a people what you desire for us. And that's what the church at Antioch is doing. This, this fairly new church, they, they seem so mature, and these, but these things are so simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. We're just following those simple directives that God has given us. That he's given us, he's given his church. And the Holy Spirit said, how many of us would be freaked out right now if we heard a voice and the Holy Spirit said, hey, here's what I want you to do? Is that what happened? So how does the Holy Spirit speak? Well, typically, I think as we come together as a church and we're unified and we're praying and we're fasting, all of a sudden people start to say, you know, I think this is, I think this is what God is calling us to. And the other person says, yeah, that's what I'm hearing and sensing too. And somebody else says, yes, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's how, we, that's how we audibly begin to hear from the Holy Spirit because he speaks to us as a community and we all begin to verify, yes, that's what I'm hearing. But if we don't come together in unity, we miss that voice that says, here's what I want you to do. We don't want to miss, we don't want to miss what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. And so we need each other to be able to to comprehend what that is. The Holy Spirit desires to speak to us, to speak to his people. And what does the Holy Spirit say? He says, green screen. There we go. He said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so God brings Barnabas and Saul, and he's training and equipping the church. And uh, these are the two guys that that really helped to to build the foundation of Antioch. And so God calls them to send out their best. 
And that had to have been a hard thing for them to hear. Like, we don't, well, how about we send these two? They're not quite as useful to us. Um, but he doesn't. He sends out his best. And so when we think about sending out missionaries, there are missionaries that we send out. It's like, oh, God, I would really like to keep them here. They're, they're, they're quite useful for the work of ministry here locally. Um, but that's not what we do. When the Holy Spirit said, send out John and Michelle Hillenkamp, what do we do? We say, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We want the nations to hear. We want the, the world to know the good news of the gospel. But he says, set them apart for the work to which I have called them. Now, when we, when we read this again and you read scripture, you understand that sometimes we read it as if it's kind of a, a journal entry and we're reading as things progress day by day. Uh, they know the work that they've been called to because the writer is writing past tense. Uh, they already know what Paul and Barnabas have done and they're amazed by it. The Holy Spirit had set apart this work for them to do. Um, as, they, uh, as they go out to work, they commission them and they send them out. And what do Paul and Barnabas do? Uh, they travel to Antioch, Pisidia. Not, not the Antioch that sends them, but Antioch, Pisidia. Uh, and they proclaim the gospel. And generally, they're, they're persecuted. But those who believe, they gather together and they begin to disciple. Right? They move on to Iconium. Same thing, preach the gospel, they're persecuted. Paul is stoned until the point they think he's dead, but he gets up and he walks off. He goes to Lystra, he goes to Derby. Same pattern, he preaches the gospel. Those who believe, he gathers together. And at Derby, he turns around and he says he points elders in the church. Paul and Barnabas are doing this work of church planning. This is the work that the Holy Spirit has called them to. And it's amazing work. And so Antioch, you know, reading this would have known, oh yeah, we, Paul and Barnabas did this. Because they come back to the church in Antioch and they said, we have completed all the work that the Holy Spirit has called us to do. So it's very clear, what is, what is God's mission? What has he called us to do? Preach the gospel, gather people together, right? Disciple them in, in community. It, it, it's, a, it's the pattern that we see over and over in scripture. And as they begin to do this, they're, they're fasting and they're praying. They laid hands on them, right? And they commission them and they send them out. Now this is important because as a church, as we commission our people, we send them out and we want to send them well. So what does that, what does that look like? What does it look like to send missionaries well? Uh, well, we're, we're, they've already set a pattern for prayer, prayer and fasting. Are we praying and fasting for our missionaries? Do you know who our missionaries are that you can pray and fast for them? Do you know what's going on on the mission field? Uh, you've got to get, I hate the word plugged in, but you've got to get plugged in. You've got, you got to be able to have access to these stories. And we want to be better at telling you these stories because they're amazing. Uh, we read back at, you know, at the book of Acts and we're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. It's going on right now around the globe. The book of Acts didn't stop, right? It just continues on until Jesus comes back, and the stories are just amazing of what God's doing through our missionaries. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you to be praying and fasting. The Church of Antioch obviously would have supported them in this work. 
right? They would have given them some funds, uh, and we support our missionaries well, and we want to continue to do so. So as a, as a GO ministry, the GO ministry is a separate funded ministry in our church. You've got general giving, and then you've got the GO giving. Where do we go? We go local, we go show, we go long. We go to Jerusalem, we go to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so all of our giving is, is separate because we want to put direct focus on God's mission and make sure that all those funds are going to advance God's kingdom, to proclaim the gospel, make disciples, gather people together and plant his church. And so strategically, that's what we're invested in. And so when we, when we talk about this idea of we are made to multiply, that is a, that is a part of that vision is we support uh, our missionaries. We go in life-changing mission. And it's not just overseas. I want you to hear that. God has brought the nations to us. The opportunities we have right here in our own backyard is amazing. Many of you could probably go down through your block and start to list the nations that are represented in your communities. The question is, is what are we doing about it? God has given us this amazing opportunity to reach the nations right here. But we've got we've to overcome this fear of they're, they're different than us. They have different customs than us. They look different. They dress different. They, we have to step out and say, God has brought them to us. Now what do we do? What do we do? We proclaim the gospel. We invite them into studying God's word. We disciple them. We help them to understand and know who Jesus is, what God has revealed of himself through Jesus Christ, that we may know the way, the truth, and the life that leads to salvation. And Jesus is that way. It is a great, it is a great commission. And we are his church, and we've been called to this. And so as you sit here this morning, I want to let you know that, that God has called you into his mission. He has commissioned us together as a community, as a people of God, to be on mission for him. But you've got to get in the game. And there's a place for you. So as we begin to build out strategy, um, we're not going to send you to the deep, dark jung jungles, unless the Holy Spirit clearly says, set apart for us, right? And the Holy Spirit will speak to you if he calls you to that. But he's he's going to send us to the mission field in, in your neighborhood, in your family, in, in this city, in this in this state, right, and, and beyond. Uh, and when you, when you taste and you see that the Lord is good, you want more of it. But you've got to experience that. So we've established short-term mission strategies that tie into working with our long-term workers and long-term strategy so that you can, you can get an experience of what it's like to be a missionary for a week, right? A lot of times we, we bring people on mission with us and they say, I've never shared the gospel before. And we're like, it's okay. God is able. We're going to give you the tools and the resources. And when you experience that and when you, when you see how God works, you want more of it. And you come back, and we've had people go on mission, and they say, hey, I, I did all this on the mission field, and I really feel like I need to do this in my own community. 
And so we've, we've established a, a, what we call go groups. We want to equip you to lead groups in your community, to reach your neighbors, to reach your family, to reach your friends, to reach the nations in your community, to, to be fulfillers of the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. Where do we start? We start in our own communities. And then out of that, God is going to call some of you. He's going to say, I, I want to set you apart for the nations. I want to send you. And when the Holy Spirit confirms that through us, we call this, we call this the Great Commission Pipeline. We want to give you access points to be a, be a part of God's Great Commission. And so we are, just, we are just in awe of the opportunities that we have. The harvest is plentiful here in Houston, Texas, and around the globe right now. The harvest is plentiful. God is working at unprecedented paces around the globe right now. The church is advancing more now than it ever has in church history. What is God doing? We know what God's doing. He's preparing to come back for his church, and he wants the nations to hear and know that he is God, that salvation has been made available through his son, Jesus Christ. That he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That this is the commission he's given to us and we have to do it together. It's too big for me. It would crush me, right? But together we can, we can, we can, we can do this because it's God's commission. It's God's calling. We were made to multiply. It's our identity as, as God's people. And so I invite you to be a part of this. Um, you'll, you, when you came in, you should have received the handout. And in that, there is a what we call a next step card. Uh, I think they're calling it the Made to Multiply card this year. Um, but it's a, every year we take a, a pledge. And it's just an opportunity uh, in one aspect of missions, like in sending well, uh, we, we support our missionaries and we want to make sure that that, that continues on. And so we would ask you to fill out that pledge card. Uh, what, are you, what are you committing to? Uh, if you're not prepared to do that and you want to you go home and pray and fast about it, I invite you to do that. But if you already know what you're willing to commit to, write that down and turn that into the offering. And we'll collect those over the next few weeks. Uh, but we invite you to be a part of God's mission in, in giving. Uh, we invite you to be a part of God's mission in praying. So we've got a prayer team. Every Tuesday night they pray. Once a month here at the church, they pray. Uh, we have prayer opportunities. Uh, get involved and let us know if you want to be a part of the prayer team. And then finally, do you want to go? We want to equip you for the work. We've got trainings. We've got all these different opportunities for you to come and be equipped for the work that God has called us to. He set us apart for this purpose and for this reason, to be his kingdom ambassadors. So we invite you to come and be a part of going in life-changing mission because we were made to multiply. Let us pray. Father God, we come into your presence this morning and, and we are amazed, we are in awe of you, of your grace and of your mercy that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you that we've received it by faith because of what Jesus has accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection. But Lord, your desire is... is it's greater than just us. It's for the nations. And so we pray that you would use us as instruments for your gospel, for your kingdom. We pray that 
as we come together as the people of God, that we would be committed to your body, to your church, to your family, and that we would be praying and that we would be fasting that your will be done, your kingdom come. And that as we do that, we would, we would hear the work and the calling of your Holy Spirit and that we would walk worthy of that calling that he's called us to. So I pray that we would go and that we would, we would be involved in praying that we would be involved in in giving, that we would be involved in going. To the glory of your name, we pray and ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is our opportunity now to uh, respond to what Pastor Tony has just shared with us. Let's stand together and sing as Bonnie leads us.
receive this benediction. Father, as we go, we pray that we would go in the authority of Jesus Christ. We proclaim your gospel and make disciples, that we would baptize, that we would teach them to obey. We thank you that you are with us as we go. In Jesus' name.